today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group, Innovating to Win, inside the Department of Defense's self-assessment pilot that measures innovation readiness. It's Tuesday, July 18th, 2023. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast, where you'll hear the latest news and trends facing government leaders. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Billy Mitchell. Here's what's happening now. Lawmakers are looking to claw back $80 million in funding from the U.S. Digital Service in this year's appropriations bill. The Senate Committee on Appropriations on Thursday waved through language that would claw back the sum which was awarded to the USDS as part of a funding package included in the American Rescue Plan. The move to recoup funds from USDS comes amid concerns from senior leaders within the federal IT community over its transparency and use of funding. But as we've talked about on this show recently, Congress faces a looming battle to pass appropriations by the start of the fiscal year, and an extensive continuing resolution could be coming. My colleagues on CyberScoop are reporting that the White House and the FCC on Tuesday announced a cybersecurity certification and labeling program designed to make it easier for Americans to evaluate the security of connected home devices. Similar to Energy Star labels on appliances, the U.S. Cyber Trust Mark program will be applied to smart internet connected devices ranging from baby monitors to fitness trackers that have become popular targets for hackers due to lax industry security standards, something that the Biden program is hoping to turn around. You can read more about these stories and more at fedscoop.com and our sister publication, cyberscoop.com. It's no secret that the Department of Defense has struggled to scale innovation. Known as the Valley of Death, the challenge is that the department often fails to expand and build innovative pilots into larger production contracts. A new program operated by the Defense Acquisition University wants to attempt to solve that by wrapping its arms around the department's innovation workforce readiness. Called Innovate to Win, the initiative is intended to help the DoD codify and measure the innovation readiness of the defense acquisition workforce and, by extension, that of the whole DoD workforce. Dr. Marina Theodutu, the head of Workforce Innovation Readiness for the Defense Acquisition University, and Kristen Golding, Director of Communications at DAU, join me now to discuss the program, its goals, and how they hope to create a metric to measure innovation readiness. Marina and Kristen, so good to see you. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you, Billy. Great to be here. So I'm so excited to hear uh, about your Innovate to Win competency model that the Defense Acquisition University just released. And I'd like to start there. So uh, tell me about the competency model and the workforce innovation readiness metric you're working on and what are they meant to do? Yeah, thank you, Billy. I'll I'll, I'll uh, take a, a, a start at that and uh, share a little bit of uh, the work that we did in collaboration with Kristen's team. So what we uh, looked at uh, was uh, the the big challenge of how do we provide the workforce with the baseline innovation skills they need. Our national defense strategy and the NDAA are prompting us to always be more innovative. How do I out-innovate the adversary? So the question that uh, Mr. Woolsey, the president of DAU, tasked us with was twofold. First, what are the baseline innovation skills our workforce needs to out-innovate the adversary? Which means we talk about being innovative, but what does that really mean? How do we know our people are innovative? So we tackled that first question by building the competencies and skills model. We triangulated academic research, industry practice, and DOD innovation self 
uh, context to make sure that what we are recommending is relevant to the DOD. And so we built this uh, 15 competency skills model with three domains. So thinking innovatively, collaboratively innovatively, and then cultivating innovation. And around that, we also created a self-assessment so that each individual member of the workforce can self-assess their confidence level across those 15 uh, competencies and receive a report that tells them, hey, Marina, good job uh, on your self-assessment. Here are the uh, areas where you're strong at, the competency skills you feel strong and confident on. And here are the ones that you don't feel so confident on. And for those, we curated a, a learning pathway for you. So we actually created the whole model. And uh, just like with everything, you have to to build it, but also don't wait for people to come. You have to communicate. And that's where Kristin and her team came in. So Kristin, I'll, I'll turn it over to you to discuss the elements of the communication piece on, on the Innovate to Win model. Thanks. Well, and what we realized is these days, innovation and being innovative has become very important. And it's something that we hear a lot about and the importance of being innovative, especially in the space and the environment that we're all in these days, and certainly within the Department of Defense. And what we at DAU found is it's one thing to say, okay, workforce, be more innovative. But the question is, what does that really mean? And so the gap, I think, that Marina was talking about and, and what we're trying to fill is really understanding and bring it to the workforce to say, what does that mean to you personally? And how can you how can you even know, number one, if you are? Maybe you already have some innovation skills, innovation readiness skills. How do we put that to work? Or if you're not, what can we do to help you understand how to be better at it? And because it's not going to be the same thing for everyone. And I think that's one of the beauties that uh, Marina will talk about is how it really is personalized for each, each person that takes the, the readiness, um, for each person that takes the readiness assessment, it really does give them some personalized skills and certainly don't want to steal the thunder there. But um, but the key really is, I think, to understanding what it means and how every person can adapt it for themselves. And that's exactly right. Uh, what uh, Kristen mentioned about the, each individual for the first time being able to gauge their own innovation readiness. And this is powerful. This is the second question that Mr. Woolsey tasked us with. So what's what's the workforce innovation readiness metric for the individual? How can we know what, what's my innovation readiness? And for the team leader or the supervisor, how can they assess the innovation readiness of their team? And so we built the innovation uh, readiness um, metric and that's, uh, tabulated in a dashboard that's essentially the the median scores of uh, the team members that take the self-assessment. So that's how this the supervisor can tell, uh, hey, where are we today? It's it's a great, it's a rudimentary tool, but it, it didn't exist before. So it's a good start to give supervisors and team leaders this, this baseline gauge, where are we today when it comes to workforce innovation readiness and where do we want to go? So uh, we're, we're super excited about that. And uh, we do have a couple of articles in the Defense Acquisition Magazine uh, Innovation Edition that uh, just uh, got published uh, this, uh, this week. And we do discuss both these elements in detail there. 
Well, that's great. And I'm sure the listeners will definitely direct to that if they have more questions or more thoughts or, or more interest in, in this uh, this program. But I'm curious, you mentioned some of the, the types of people within this space that um, this is meant for, whether it's a supervisor or some of the people in the acquisition space. But um, maybe a little bit more thoroughly, can you answer that question of, you know, who is this meant for and who do you intend to use this? So initially we started with the acquisition of workforce in mind, but uh, along the way, as we started reporting this, this effort within the innovation ecosystem initiative uh, that uh, Deputy Secretary Dr. Hicks leads, we have been asked to consider how this would uh, ostensibly play out uh, for all the DOD workforce. So our model is scalable and can be used for, for anyone uh, within uh, the DOD workforce that uh, wants to, to deepen and, and expand on their workforce innovation readiness. And I have to also mention that while we were building this, this, this model, we had several iterations, we had uh, pilots, and we also engaged an advisory team that, uh, comprised of uh, DOD innovation thought leaders and also thought leaders from academia and industry to help us think through some of the, the elements of this, of this model. And so we have had additional interest from other uh, federal agencies, including uh, uh, OPM and GSA and OMB in, uh, in the model and how that could come into play for other agencies um, across the federal space. That's great to see that. Too. Yeah, just if I could, um, in terms of, and, and Marina touched on it earlier with regards to being both designed for individuals to help themselves, but also it really is a great tool for supervisors. And that's something that we're finding too, is you know, when we talk about innovation, especially in the acquisition workforce, it's one thing to you know, train individuals on whether it's the, you know, flexibilities that they have within the system currently or or new policies, new procedures, what have you. But it's something different when they go back to the workplace, um, you know, to the environment that they live in every day. And so how are we able to expand it, not just to the individuals, but reach those at the supervisory level to see how they can use this as a tool to make sure that their workforce is more innovative as well and that they as a team can move forward together. That's great to hear that it's uh, you know that that it, it, it's meant to disrupt that sort of uh, cultural environment that that exists uh, currently, but also the fact that it could expand into other parts of government is really interesting to hear. I, I'm curious, you know, and I think you've both alluded to this some bit, um, but why is right now the right time for this? I know that the national defense strategy kind of calls out a need for this and that the workforce and the innovation are, are a big part of where the Department of Defense are heading. But, um, you know, if you could talk a little bit more about why now's the right time for such a model, that would be great. You hit on a lot, a big piece of it, Billy, and that is the, the time is right, I think, within the Defense Department, particularly because of things like the National Defense Strategy, the National Defense Authorization Act, you know, Congress, everybody's kind of realizing that we're at a point where we have to do it now. I mean, there are, there really aren't any other options. And then to move forward um, to outcompete our adversaries, this is the only way. And so we're also seeing a point in our time where I think really government and industry partnering and, and recognizing that we both do need to come together and find a better way um, and that we're on the same team. And that's what it comes down to. And how can we be innovative together? And that's why I think um, it's 
such a great feature of this um, that Marina's pulled together the advisory committee where it's not just DOD. It's not just us talking to ourselves about how we can be better. It's really pulling those different groups together and, and working together and using you know, the, the research that they've done and, and really leveraging all these different efforts and bringing them together into one place. And, and now there's an appetite for it. People are starting to listen. People are starting to realize the importance of it. And I think to me, that's really the importance of, of why now is the right time. I totally agree with what Kristen mentioned. It's it's so critical. And if not now, then when? Now is the time. Uh, we have to do it now. And building on what Kristen said, we've also engaged with uh, our some of our NATO innovation partners. So we want to make sure that uh, they are part of the conversation as well. And uh, and uh, continuing to to collaborate as we move forward uh, with this effort, which now we'll have an additional two layers, if I may uh, share that. So we know that skills are critical, but they're not sufficient to scaling innovation. We also need to ensure that the workforce is motivated and also they operate in a culture that um, fosters innovation. So in this phase of the project, we, are, we have again triangulated the research academic industry and DOD context and distill what motivates people to be more innovative and also what are the key elements of a culture of innovation. So we've built a playbook that we want to, we're finalizing and as we speak, actually, we have an amazing team that's been working nonstop on this. And um, what we're looking to do is, is uh, Go back to what you mentioned earlier, Billy, go back to the supervisors and really make sure that they have the tools. They have the tools to be able to, to foster a innovative culture and motivate the innovators. Because we have, we have over 200 innovation cells within the DoD. They're doing amazing things, but they're operating almost on their own. Uh, some of them are collaborating, but it's so difficult. So we want to to, to help their work. And by creating this playbook, we're envisioning making the supervisors across the DOD as force multipliers for this, for this culture of innovation to, to build on and leverage the, the great work that the innovation cells are doing and expand on that. Yeah, and I think that really is key right now. And back to the, the collaboration idea, because there are so many of those different groups who've all recognized the importance of innovation in today's environment um, and being, being a, a key collaborator that can bring those groups together and I think leverage the work of each other. And again, as you mentioned, building that, that culture that really supports it and understands the importance of it is key. So I'm curious, the, the, the model and the, the metric are, are there. Um, it's, it's out now and obviously um, you're working to distribute it a bit, but what comes next? I know you, you mentioned there's the different phases, but um, you know, in terms of looking forward to later this year or beyond, um, how are you looking to continue to grow and scale this across uh, the department? Yeah, that's that's a great question. So we are uh, we've run two pilots and we've iterated on those results. So this is our fourth uh, iteration. Uh, the initial the initial two were internal. Uh, we had focus groups and uh, advisory team uh, insights. So right now we're running a dedicated cohort mini pilot for a team with AFWorks 
and they're super excited to go, go through this. And uh, we are looking for that mini pilot to complete in uh, late August. And then from there, what we're looking to do is uh, again, take those learnings from that uh, latest pilot, iterate, and then launch to 10,000 members of the workforce. So we, we are offering uh, the model and the self-assessment and the curated learning pathways that are personalized to each individual based on their responses uh, at no cost to, to anyone. So DAU is purchasing those licenses that make the, the learning available. So we, we're talking about world-class learning like LinkedIn and Harvard Business Mentor and Coursera and, uh, and, and Precipio. And we also have some TEDx DAU talks in there as well. So we are uh, launching a 10,000 member of the workforce rollout uh, starting in October. And we're looking forward to, to having workforce members uh, dive into their own learning journeys through this, this expansion. And then from there to continue iterating and uh, broadening to more members of the workforce. And that's where, again, Kristen's team is, is pivotal to, to this effort to make sure that we're reaching out to the workforce. And I'll, let her, I'll, let, I'll turn it over to you, Kristen, to discuss how are we going to do that going to an effort of 10,000 people? <laughs> Right. A lot of it's building that awareness, making sure people know that this is, is available um, and really helping them understand the value of what they'll get. And it, and really it is the, the assessment's nice because it kind of lets you know where you are, but it's really that, that curated learning pathway that helps you improve your skills in the area that you specifically need help with. Um, and so it's really an effort about getting the word out, helping people not only understand what it is, but know that it's available. And like Marie said, that's still kind of a, a test in the sense of it's not the whole world, but certainly 10,000 members of the defense acquisition workforce is a large number. So we want to get that feedback and then continue to expand it as we can and see how it goes and, and keep expanding as we're able to and, and scale it eventually, like uh, like we're hoping to, to the entire Department of Defense. Yeah, that's certainly no small number. So uh, that's, that's uh, sure. incredible work and uh, definitely look forward to seeing how that goes. Um, you know, curious as we get close to the end here, I, I, I see the sort of goal of this is moving the needle forward in terms of scaling innovation within the DOD. But I'm curious, you know, as you look, um, whether it's a, a year or multiple years outward, what that sort of looks like, what what how, how you know this, this is working and how you know it's actually uh, accomplishing the the uh, the thing you want it to accomplish. Yeah, that's a great question. I'll I'll, uh, I'll jump in here. Uh, the the workforce readiness metrics is quite powerful because it can actually allow anyone within the DoD. Let's let's say Deputy Secretary Hicks. She can actually ask the question, "What is our innovation readiness?" and she can have an answer. Uh, provided that members of the workforce have, have uh, completed their self-assessment. So all that data can scale up to one number, which is quite powerful. And uh, it's powerful in many ways. One way it's, okay, we know what our innovation readiness is. So we can now make data-driven decisions of how to allocate resources and where so that we can close the gaps that we have. 
And additionally, we know where our strengths are when it comes to innovation. Is it collaborating? Is it growth mindset? Is it allyship? Is it um, networking? So when supervisors are trying to pull together innovation teams or scale innovation, they can actually look at that metric and know exactly what the strengths of their team are and um, leverage those to actually push innovation forward. A key element here that we're bringing with this, with this effort is the focus on people. Uh, traditionally, the narrative within the DoD is, is of course on technology and closing the valley of death, but it is critical to remember that it's people that actually are going to choose the, the right technologies and they're going to change the, the processes to close that valley of death. So we, we are refocusing the effort and the, and the spotlight on the people and making sure that they have the skills, the motivation, and uh, the, the culture to operate in so that they can leverage their, the innovation skills that they're learning through the learning pathways and, and, and push, move the needle forward. Kristen? Yeah, I would, I would just add to that. Um, you know, we can only tell if it's working for those who take the assessment. And so that's one of the reasons why it's really important to get the word out and to help people understand the value of this tool um, and of this assessment. It's not just about understanding where you are and how you can improve. That's certainly the most important to the individual, but it's also understanding that bigger picture um, so that we can see where, where are we as a joint force. Um, and to begin to improve those other elements that come with becoming a more innovative um, organization and having a more innovative culture. And that this isn't just kind of a one and done thing, that it's something that people can come back, you know, after a year, you know, maybe they've completed their learning pathway and some of those elements and had a chance to practice and their entire organization, let's say, has done the same thing. And so now as an organization, you know, to see if they're able to really put these concepts into practice and they come back a year later, maybe even two years later and take this self-assessment again and see if there's been a change in their in their score. And maybe now, you know, they've really gotten to that top level. Um, and then that's where we can see as the DOD, are our people becoming, maybe it's more collaborative, maybe it's more, you know, having better allyship, whatever those skills are, being able to really see the difference there. Well, that sounds incredible. Uh, I'm curious, as we close out here, I'm sure our listeners will want to learn more. If they do, you've already mentioned that, you know, those articles in the Defense Acquisition Magazine, but is there other resources out there that you could direct them to? Yes. We do have additional resources. We do have the Innovate to Win web event series that uh, is specifically on, uh, focusing on, on the elements around the competency model and the playbook that we discussed. Uh, so the motivators and uh, the elements of building a culture of innovation. And we also have an, a number of other uh, DAU web events that talk tap on innovation. And so we do encourage uh, your listeners to just uh, go to dau.edu slash events and, uh, or Google DAU events, and you can directly go there uh, and find out uh, all the different uh, resources that we offer. Of course, we have courses and credentials and uh, a number of other uh, learning experiences that DAU offers. Kristen, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting yeah, well, and, and then there's also the, the Innovate to Win site. We've got um, certainly a dau.edu slash innovate to win. 
Um, we've got a lot of resources there. And then we'll also give you the link to um, the latest magazine that does have a lot of great articles that are related and are all kind of centered around this idea of innovation. Um, but the other thing, and as Rita mentioned, we have a lot of different courses, resources, credentials, um, because it's not something that we necessarily see as just a separate effort. You know, it's important to infuse innovation to all the ways that we're doing things that to incorporating as part of our day-to-day -day thinking. And so that's another thing that we're trying to do is just infuse it throughout our products. And so definitely going to dau.edu will get to you to a lot of resources. Um, and certainly the, the web events have really taken off. We've got a lot of different ones. So regardless, I think of what the, your interest area is, there's a lot of great things there that, uh, that maybe you never guessed that DAU had before. Well, we'll make sure to uh, uh, direct the listeners to that uh, on the website, but really look forward to seeing how the model and metric take hold. I, I think this is a, a really, really uh, needed uh just idea and, and, and program within this space. It's, it's key to uh, everything that you've sort of described in terms of the national defense, defense strategy and innovation. And I really look forward to seeing how, how it comes uh, into uh, the workforce across the DOD, but uh, really appreciate your time today. It was a great uh, conversation and uh, definitely look forward to seeing more. Thank you. Thank you so much, Billy. You can learn more about federal innovation at the daily the Daily Scoop podcast is available on all podcast platforms. If you've already rated the podcast on your platform of choice, thanks so much. High ratings and good reviews of the show help more people to find it. The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. Adam Butler and Carlin Fisher help put the show together and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. I'm your host, Billy Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>